What's going on? What's going on? Good people. Pastor LaMarcus here with another episode of Own Your Mark. So excited to be getting on our marks together today as we continue in the topic series that we have been dealing with called Triggered by the Truth. And man, let me tell you, we have been unearthing some things. We have been dealing with some difficult topics. Um, and we're going to continue to do that because the number one thing we want as Christians we want to be living according to God's purpose. We want to be living according to God's will. We don't want to be, we don't want to allow, how should I say, the outside influences and influencers to start to infiltrate uh, what we believe as Christians. And then all of a sudden, uh, our outcomes are tarnished, our outcomes are impeded. Um, the blessings and the things that God has for us, we are not fully aware of and not able to fully realize because so much has, has been introduced into our worldview. So much has been introduced into our thinking. So much has been introduced, quite frankly, into our hearts. And, uh, and it, it keeps us from really living in the way that, that Christ has called us to live. And I want to be very careful here. Uh, and I share some things. I'll, I'll share this with you because I, I talk about it all the time at church, we have to understand as the body of Christ, as Christians, we, we really need to understand that the enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, however you refer to him, we need to understand something very, very important about his ability. And, and what I want you to understand about his ability is that when it relates to creation, he has none. Let, let, let me say that again, because I want to be very clear when it comes to the enemy and his ability to create, he does not possess that ability. It's one of the things that really irritates him and frustrates him. And it's something we need to be very, very keenly aware of when it comes to creation. That is a strictly and and, and very, very important for us to understand that is strictly a godly activity. God is creator. He is the only creator. Everything we have, everything we do has sparked from his creation and who he is. We don't create homes. We take lumber from the ground that God created and we build homes. We don't, we don't create meals. We take ingredients and things from the creation. We put those things together and then we create meals. There's just, we don't have creative, we don't have creative powers in that way. Now, God absolutely now, he absolutely gives us the ability and gives us special gifts to take the things that he has placed before us. As a matter of fact, that's one of the mandates of creation that we uh, that we rule and keep, that we guard and keep is to take the things that God has created and to build out his kingdom. So that's one of the things he gives us. And he gives us creative power about how we go about doing that. But I want to be very clear here. The reason I want to emphasize that the enemy does not have creative power is because I want us to understand that what he does is infiltrate the thing God has created and introduces perversion to it. That's going to be very, very, very important as we continue in this triggered series to understand how sometimes it's so easy for us to get sidetracked or get pulled into some particular area because, because there's a creation thing there, but then there's this little, this little hint of, of derision. There's this little 
a little hint of perversion that completely messes everything up. So we got to be really, really careful as we are uh, maneuvering too. I tell people all the time, yeah, you ought to enjoy music, man. Music is a creation of God, but we have to be careful how the enemy has perverted it in a certain way. I tell married folks, man, what? Sex, man, you are supposed to enjoy. It is a gift of God. And the reason we have such apprehension and such discomfort in some of these areas is precisely because of the perversion that the enemy has introduced into the sexual relationship of a husband and wife through pornography, the sexual relationship of a husband and wife because of where they came from before they got married and all the, the crazy things we see out uh, with with children and uh, with inappropriate sexual activity and, and things of that nature. Those are the perversions within something pure and holy that God created. That is going to be super, super, super important as we dive deeper into some of these ideas of, of understanding the truth of how we behave. Because sometimes it's not always that we need to just throw everything out. What the, the uh, grandma and them used to say, you get, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. In other words, we need to take what's right in the situation out and then throw the dirty, throw the dirty stuff away. Um, and we're going to have to be very keen on how we go about doing that. So with that in mind, man, we, we want to continue in this, um, the series on being triggered by the truth, because sometimes some of the things we're going to say might be a little bit triggering. It might be a little bit off-putting. It may be uh, irritating. Oftentimes, that is an indication uh, that we've allowed some of that perversion to come in. And the reason we feel triggered is because, well, I might be doing that. I might be practicing that. I might be behaving that way. I might be doing some of those things. And, and we've already um, talked about a lot of the the things, and you can certainly go back and, and listen to the introduction. And as a matter of fact, I really, really recommend you doing that, listening to the, the introduction. This is probably one of those uh, series that you want to do in order. So do the introduction series, do why we tend to defend ourselves, um, the, the introductory podcast, why we defend ourselves, that podcast, uh, and then you can dive in and continue to go forward. We did uh, one on superstitions, and, and that's particularly triggering because in all likelihood, there's something within there that we do that just become a normal part of our everyday upbringing that we didn't even realize. So those are things that we have to be aware of and understand what we're doing and, and why, frankly, why we are doing it. So today, man, I want to, I want to hit another kind of difficult, uh, uh, somewhat maybe triggering uh, idea behind what we do as Christians. And I want to preference this. I want to preference this uh, again, remember, I've already said that the enemy does not have creative power. The enemy is a perverter. He takes the things of God and he he tries to pervert them. He tries to, to put meaning on them that they don't mean. He tries to extract meaning out of them that they do mean so that we're not completely in sync with God and, and uh, with what God is doing. So we have to be mindful of that as we go forward. But today I want to talk to you uh, about this idea of uh, rituals and and. Uh, things of that nature, and and particularly the the, the ritual. Next next podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about power crystals, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about power crystals and uh, psychics and tarot cards and and things of that nature. T today, though, I'm going to open it up a little bit uh, more and just just deal specifically with the idea of uh, sage burning and incense burning, and and how that relates to to us in the in the Christian. Uh, journey and, and along with Christ and and what does that really mean now if if you've been listening I've been saying Christian journey Christianity walking with Christ a lot because I know a lot of people uh get kind of uneasy and get ticky about about these type of things but I want to be very clear who I'm talking to 
I am talking to the body of Christ. And, and if you are a brother and sister and you have not submitted your life to Christ, you have not accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you do not believe um, that he is the son of God and that God is sovereign of all, that God is the God of the universe, the creator God. If you haven't gotten to that point, um, then, then frankly, you don't have a right to be triggered by what I'm saying because I'm not really talking to you uh, specifically. Now, if you are Christian and you have submitted your life to Christ, you are living under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You do believe in uh, God, the creator. You believe he is preeminent above all things. He created all things. If you believe that, then what I'm saying to you um, may be triggering, but you need to hear it and then digest it and, and allow the Lordship of Christ to rule in your life, allow who God is to, to reign supreme and see what it means. Uh, and, and I'm always careful because you never want to see what it means for you. No, 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 that's not, that's not, the, the Bible is not written for you to see what it means for you. The Bible is written to give you a, an understanding of who God is and how much he loves us. We adjust our lives to it. We don't make it adjust itself to us. So we need to hear the word and you are absolutely, I've been saying this since uh, since day one, and especially since we started this triggered series, you are absolutely free to investigate and examine. And I invite you to. But here's the other thing that we say. Once you get the information and you see it to be true, then the only thing left for us to do is adjust our life to the truth, not try to change the truth to fit our life. We have to be very very important how we do that. So with that being said, let's jump into this idea of uh, sage burning and incense burning and, and things of that nature. I want to I want to share a, a couple of things here, um, <clears throat> just kind of give you a little bit of, of back, uh, kind of background. Uh, I want to read something to you, uh, some information I got from Learn Religions uh, and just some of the, the kind of how things got a little bit uh, congested or, or pulled together. Uh, and it says this burning sage is a spiritual a ritual practiced by native peoples around the world. The specific practice of burning sage is not mentioned in the Bible, though God did instruct Moses to prepare a blend of herbs and spices to burn as an incense offering. Uh, also known as uh, smolging, the practice of burning sage is done as part of a spiritual, as part of a ritual which involves the bundling of certain herbs such as sage, cedar, lavender into sticks. Uh, and then slowly burning them uh, in a purification ceremony for meditation, blessing of the home of the, or the space, uh, or for purposes of healing, which is uh, considered to be different uh, than incense burning. So burning sage or, or, or smudging, as it's called, is an ancient uh, spiritual purification ritual practiced by some religious groups and native peoples around the world. Burning sage is not encouraged or expressly forbidden in the Bible, nor is it specifically mentioned in scripture? So for Christians, sage burning is a matter of conscience and personal conviction. Sage is a plant used for uh, used in cooking as an herb, but also for medical purposes. Burning sage began with native cultures uh, in most parts of the world, uh, including Native Americans who held uh, smudging ceremonies to ward off evil spirits and illnesses uh, and to encourage positivity, healing and positive energy. Over the course of history, smudging found uh, its way into occult rituals like spell casting and other pagan practices. Again, important here to remember how uh, the enemy is not creative, but he is he is a perverter. Uh, burning sage has also attracted new age interest um, as a way of, of purging auras and eliminating negative vibrations. I want you to pay attention to that specifically because this is where a lot of 
Um, when if you listen to Christians talk, this is where a lot of Christians find themselves. They're they're burning uh, sage as a way of purging their auras and and eliminating negative energies and negative vibrations. I'm I'm gonna burn this sage so that so that it, it it wards off certain things and it keeps certain things away. It's kind of a a spiritual cleansing type of thing. Uh, in the Bible, burning uh, incense began when God instructed Moses to prepare a specific blend of spices and herbs to burn them uh, as a holy and perpetual incense offering to the Lord. That's Exodus uh, verse 30, uh, excuse me, chapter 30, verse 8 through 9 and uh, verses 34 through 38. All other mixtures of spices used for any other purposes than the worship of God in the tabernacle were expressly forbidden by the Lord. All other mixtures of spices used for any other purposes than the worship of God in the tabernacle were expressly forbidden by the Lord and only the priest could offer the incense. So this is the Old Testament burning of uh, incenses and spices uh, and things of that nature. The burning of incenses symbolizes the prayers of God's people going before him. Uh, accept my prayers as incense offering to you and my unpraised hands as a, uh, excuse me, and my my upraised hands as an evening offering. That is Psalms 14 verses one through two. Over time, however, burning incense became a stumbling block to God's people as they began to intermittently, uh, to intermingle the practice with the worship of pagan deities and idols. Again, you can find that first Kings uh, 22, 43, Jeremiah 18, 15, uh, even still the appropriate burning of incense um, as God uh, had initially commanded, continued with the Jews in the New Testament. You can see that found in Luke uh, chapter one, verse nine. And even after the temple was was destroyed, we see that still taking place. Today, incense remains uh, in use by Christians in Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholic, and some Lutheran churches, as well as the emergent church movement. Now, what do I want to say about all of this? Can you, as a Christian, in good conscience, burn sage or incense or any type of spices within your home with a clear conscience? And the answer to that question would be, can you as a Christian do it with a clear conscience? Uh, now, I'm going to say this, and I want to be very, very clear how I say this. If you are burning sage, if you are burning incense, if you are doing any of these things, with the idea in mind that it is somehow giving you some sort of mythical, mystical power over spirits and over uh, things around in your nature, then I would say to you, according to the Bible, that you have intermingled the practice of burning incense and sage with the idea of the occult, with the idea of uh, pagan practices in which you need to stop. I, I want to be very, very clear. In other words, let me say it about this. The the idea or the practice of burning incense and things of that nature, it, it's less about the action and more about the power that you assign to it. It's less about the action and more about the power you assign to it. Now, here's why I, I want to, to talk about this, because so much, so often, so many times within the Christian realm, and, and, I, and I want to highlight that because I, I want to be very clear. If, if you don't subscribe to the Bible, if you haven't submitted your life to Christ, if you aren't under the authority 
of God's word, then then this doesn't really apply to you. Right. You how do I say this? You probably do need to burn. You, you, you maybe you need to do all of that stuff to try and 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 come to some sort of real. Some, I mean, you need something, I guess. I, I don't know, and I, and I want to be careful because I don't want. I want. I don't want to come off as dismissive, but we have to understand the reason these things become so popular outside of the Christian uh, realm is because people are grasping for. Uh, some idea of God. People are trying to assign power to something. And and because they're doing it, then then the enemy perverts within the Christian realm. And then it we start to assign uh, undue power and authority to it that, that we don't we don't need to do. Now, let me address this because because somebody is going to say, well, I'm a Christian and and I, I believe that it works. I've I've burned saves and and I felt better and, and things have been better in my house. And so so how do you explain that? Well, I worked in pharmaceuticals for uh, about 10 years and I'm acquainted with reading studies. And when you read studies, those that are done well, uh, they usually start with something like this. This study was conducted by obviously you have to have the right amount of people for it to, to matter or be statistically significant but it would say something like this double blind placebo controlled now the reason it would say double blind placebo controlled is because it's letting you know that the doctors who oversaw the trial did not know who was on what medication and and when they flipped them or when they switched it, they did not know what they went from or what they went to. It was double blind. We 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 did we don't know. We were com we were simply looking at the information. We had no prior knowledge going into the the information. We're just looking at if they improved, if they didn't improve, or how much they improved. And here's what you almost always find: the subjects in the study, the patients in the study who were on placebo, almost always improved. Now, that's pretty amazing. How is it that placebo or sugar pill, something with no active ingredient that does not work? How is it that they improve? Well, because there is a really real phenomenon called the placebo effect. In other words, if you do anything that you think is working, if I have medication that I think will work, if I have something that I think is working, if I believe that it's working, then all of a sudden I'll get better. I'll feel better. So, so what am I telling you? What I'm telling you is if you ascribe to whatever this idea, whatever this sage burning, whatever this rich, if you ascribe to the fact that it's going to work, it is in all likelihood going to give you some sense of being better or feeling better in that moment. But here's the problem. And this is how those studies always play out. How do you know that the people who were actually on the medication or actually on the, the pill that had active ingredient in it, how do you know if it actually worked? Because not only do they get better, they get better above and beyond that which the people on the placebo got better. So both groups improved, but the active ingredient improved so much so that now it is statistically significant. We know that it's working because it didn't just match placebo. It exceeded 
the placebo. Now, why is that important? Here's why that's so important. Because if you feel better because you're ascribing some mythical power to something that actually does not have any power and you feel better for a little bit, what happens when things continue to get worse, when things continue to, to, to disintegrate, when things around you are not what they need to be? Now you think something is working that's actually not working and you can't figure out why. Well, because it was a placebo from the beginning. There was no real active ingredient in it. So what I'm telling you is not that things didn't improve. I'm saying that improvement is strictly based on you just having some belief that perhaps it would improve. And instead, if we have something that's real, something that actually is going to benefit, that actually does improve, that'll take it to the next level. That'll take it to the next step. That'll actually give me lasting improvement, real improvement, something that I can really hold on to. So let's get to the crux of the matter uh, before I finish here. What's really uh, the issue with burning sage and, and the different rituals that we ascribe this type of energy and, and, and power to? Well, Here's the real issue. The first commandment that God gave, Exodus, you can look at this at Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 3. You can also look at it uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 7. It says this, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, if, if you look at that, the Hebrew word that we get before from, it's actually uh, can be translated my face. You can't have any, any other gods before my face. Uh, you, you think about that um, in the context of God who sees all and knows all. How do we hide anything from him? Well, that's the point. You can't hide it from me. So whatever other God you have will be before my face. So you are allowed no other gods. Uh, a different translation says you should have no other gods besides me. I am the only one. And what I need us to understand within the Christian faith is we do not serve a God who is the chief God among other gods. We do not serve a God who is the number one God in our pantheon of gods. God is number one. Yeah, absolutely. He's number one. But then I still got my money God and I still got my sage God and I still got my ritual God and I still got um, this God and that God. I got all these other gods. Listen, all you have to do is open up your Bible and read what happens when we approach God that way. It is not good. God says, if you have other gods, then I can't bless you the way I want to bless you because you will attribute my blessings to these other gods. And the enemy is right there saying, yeah, yeah, try this, try this. It'll work. It'll make you feel better. And you, you may even feel better just for a moment, just for a little bit. But his idea is to get you to walk away from your true health, your true healing, your true deliverance, the thing that is actually going to matter. The one to, to put it in uh, pharmaceuticals terms, the, the one that actually has some active ingredient uh, about it, not just a placebo to make you feel better temporarily, not just something to make you think because in your mind you think things got better. No, this is the real deal. And what God is saying is if I'm the real active ingredient, if I'm the real thing that matters and, you've, and you're taking me along with something else you and then you begin to ascribe the sage burning or you begin to ascribe the incense burning or you begin to ascribe uh, my power to, to, to that other stuff, then you'll fool around and put more emphasis on that than you put on me. So to make it easy, you can't have any of that stuff 
because I don't want it there, there to be any confusion about the blessings in your life. I don't want there to be any confusion about what I'm doing. I am true God. Nothing else is real. Nothing else is true. And I don't want there to be any confusion about who I am or what I'm doing in your life. So have no other gods before me. Then what in the world do we do? What do we do? Listen, I, I personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with burning incense. I don't think there's anything wrong with burning sage. I, I love the smell of lavender. It is relaxing. It is coming. But but the moment I start to ascribe some sort of uh, power and, and spiritual might to that, then now I've, I've built up another God, even if it's a lesser God. I've built up another God to, to take, to, to put alongside God. And, and, and what I'm saying is I got God, but, but when that don't work, then I'm going to try this. No, man, that's not, that's not how that works at all. It never worked for the children of Israel. It never works for anybody in the Bible. Anytime you start to say, okay, yeah, we got God, but we also want to serve Baal for just in case God don't come through. We also want to serve, um, the, the, we, we want to build up the Asherah poles for just in case God doesn't come. No, no, no. There's no just in case with God. And we got to be careful that we're not serving God and just in case God don't don't show up let me do this and let me have this and let me burn this sage and let me have this ritual that's where we get in trouble have no other gods before me he is God and that's it there is no other that's not to, to say you can't have aromatherapy that's not to say that it's not relaxing and it doesn't help that's not to say but it is to say that those things are not cleansing your aura. Those things are not running off bad spirits. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't understand the idea that we can have a bad spirit to run off a bad spirit. Like, like well, I, I'm, I'm trusting in believing some other mythical power to run off that. No, the enemy doesn't even, doesn't even work that way. Now he'll make you think he does, but we got to be so careful that we don't allow these things to infiltrate our thinking, our ideas, our believing. No. God himself. So, so this whole idea, man, we have to be careful with it, but, but what do we do? What do we do? Well, plain and simple, pull down idols. Like don't allow, and, and don't allow anything to, to set itself up beside God that you shall have no other gods beside me. You should have no other gods before my face. And since you can't hide from my face, there to be no other gods, nobody else, no, no, nothing else that you have set up with me. I'm God. I got you. No, no other gods. So pull down any idols. Here's the other thing. You know, we, we talk about being very practical on things we can do. Check your motives. Check your motives. If you find yourself having somebody come over to your house and then they leave and you say, ooh, let me burn, let me burn some sage to get that bad spirit out of here. There it is right there. It, it just you, you just showed yourself. Check your motives. No, 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 no. I don't need to burn sage for that. I, I need to be praying. I need to be asking God who is the power. I need to be asking Christ who had, listen, demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Like he is the one with the power. He is the one with the might. So, so we don't need to reach for a placebo. We don't need to reach for a counterfeit. We don't need to reach for something that actually does not have power when we actually serve the one who has all power. So you need to check your motives and, and, and ask yourself, why are you doing something? Why are you burning sage? Why are you burning incense? Why are you dealing in certain rituals and things of that nature? Be very, very honest with yourself because that's going to help you see uh, what's going on. Here, here's the third thing. The first thing, pull down the idols. Don't let anything stand with God. It cannot stand with God. Don't put it up there 
uh, with God. God is on the throne. No one else is around. God is preeminent. The second thing, check your motives. Why are you doing it? The third thing is this. If in doubt, don't do it. Like, like, oh man, I want to, but why, why am I burning this thing? Why am I walking around? Like, what, what is this about? Where did I get this from? How does this, I'm not certain about this. If you're in doubt, don't do it. Don't do it until you are confident and secure in where you have God in your life and you are confident and secure that you are not ascribing power to something that is powerless, right? We got to make sure that, that we're careful. So if in doubt, don't do it. And, and then the fourth thing is this, Christ alone by faith alone. When, when you receive Christ, he is the one, he stands alone, and now by faith alone, now, obviously, because I may have some theologians on here and all that stuff. I, I understand this is about salvation and how we're saying it. Like, I totally get that. But but the outplay of that, the fact that that Christ is the one who saves us and no works, nothing else. And it is by faith that we come to him and no works and nothing else. It, it, it's Christ and his works and what he did for us and him alone that saves us. And it's our faith in him and not our work ourselves that gets us to him. Absolutely true. Believe it and stamp it, period. That's it. The outplaying of that also though, is that I don't need anything else. I don't, the sage now has no power in my life. The incense now have no power in my life. The lavender and the aromatherapy, now, it now has no, no power in my life. When I do it now, it is, it is for, to, to relax, to become, it's not to ward off evil spirits. It's not to give me some mystical strength and power. No, Christ alone and my faith in him alone has now given me him and he in my life makes all the difference and watch this and makes the entirety of the difference. So we got to be really careful about that. And we got to be really mindful about how we're going about handling our business and, and what I'm going to say it, what rituals we have ascribed to that we really don't understand. And we really don't know, because remember the enemy is a perverter. Where did this whole idea of burning incense, where did that come from? Remember we, we read it in the Bible. God gave that to Moses. Hey, do this. Th these are some things that I want you to do in the temple as he created the temple. Listen, my, the, the point I'm making to you is the enemy didn't even come up with this idea. But he sure wants to pervert it. He sure wants you to think that there's more to it than it is. He sure wants you to ascribe some sort of mystical power to it so that he can distract your mind from the real and true power that you have in being a son or a daughter of God. That is where the might is. That is where the power is. So whatever you got going on, if you think you have bad spirits in your house, they tremble at the name of Jesus. If you feel like that your spirit is uneasy and that there's some things going on in your life, there is power in the name of Jesus. If you feel like that the atmosphere around you is, is such that, that you need to be cleansed and you need to be restored and made whole and, and healed, there is power in the name of Jesus. The demon tremble at the name of Jesus. There is no other name on, in heaven or on earth. The name of Jesus is that name. He is the one that makes it all right. He is the one that takes care of it all for us. So we got to make sure that we don't divide his power by ascribing some of it to a ritual or to something else. No, 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 no. Christ has died on the cross, been resurrected on the third day with all power in his hands. And whatever we need, we find it 
in him. And I want to encourage you to make sure that as you are searching, that your, your search starts and finishes with Christ. Amen. Listen, I pray that something has been said today that'll be a bit uh, a benefit and a blessing to you. Uh, as always, man, you can certainly reach out to us uh, via our uh, Facebook page on your mark. You can reach out to us at uniquelifechurch.org. If the Lord is laying on your heart to be a blessing to us in any kind of way, you can do so through that website. And also, if you have thoughts, you have ideas, you have questions, uh, you have some things that you want us to uh, talk about and deal with, don't hesitate to let us know. We would just be uh, excited to, to, to have a conversation uh, with you. And I just believe God is going to continue to bless you real, real good. Uh, again, as we are getting on our marks together, I pray uh, that you continue to pray for us as we continue to pray for you. Know that we are thinking about you and that we are praying for you. Until next time, when we get on our marks together, know that I am thinking about you and that I am praying for you. God bless you. God keep you. And I love you.